Welcome to Canada's podcast. So, Ron, welcome to Canada's podcast. And I should say to people that, that we have met in the past, so uh, uh, there, there may be some familiarity that, that isn't always the case on these things. Um, but as I say to everybody that comes on, the first thing is, you know, people probably don't know who Ron Thompson is, okay? And uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself, your entrepreneurial journey. You don't fill the 25 minutes that we're going, you know, uh, why you started it and where it is today and in your industry, which is really the, the, the media side of things, you know, what the future, what do you, what you see the future of that might be, basically. Certainly. Well, thanks, Phil. Nice to see you again. It's, it's been a while, and uh, what a pleasure to be on your show. Uh, I am an entrepreneur in the media and entertainment industry, uh, also heavily covering the tech side of the business. I've been involved in the industry for my entire career. I come from the television industry and uh, the global industry, which is where I started my career path 35 years or so ago. It's got to be almost 35 years. Um, so, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. I've actually had, after I graduated from University of Edinburgh in Scotland with a, a graduate degree in English and communications, I worked for Mediaset in Italy, which was a, a interesting challenge and learned the television industry. I went from there in the middle of a recession in the early 90s back to Canada to my family and and uh, picked up with through my father a relationship uh, that led to me founding a company called CypherTech Systems Inc. that was a technology company for providing any piracy technology to the media, music industry, and the film and television business. It was a great learning experience. We raised uh, tens of millions of dollars and created some wonderful technology. It commercially, was not as successful as one would have liked, and that led to its uh, its being wound up and my founding another company called AudioTrack Watermark Solutions in 1995. And that uh, was much more successful, actually. And we raised an enormous amount of capital and deployed it. And I think I left the business when we were over 400 people in the company. Um, and that was uh, that really was a great success story. And that went off to do other things. I ultimately decided to to um, to move on and and take what had been a serial entrepreneurial uh, kind of background and become a an entrepreneur a parallel entrepreneur entrepreneur um, for other people and essentially do what I do you know as a sort of a business to sort of productize the idea of of helping people grow and finance and and uh, succeed with their businesses, always in film and television, media, advertising, publishing, and the music industry. Mm -hmm. And and that's that TMT, uh, which is really technology, media, and, and telecoms, has become my my mainstay all these years. Mm -hmm. And in 2000, I founded Cameron Thompson Group, which is my own company. Uh, I think the, the first office we had was in Milan, Italy, where I where I started the business and uh, helped the then uh, one of the leading family conglomerates, the Medadetti family, grow their company. It was quite exciting and fast paced. And that led to, to other clients in the, in the Italian market and then being brought into the UK market 
to help people at uh, Kirsch Group and and um, <clears throat> a business that they started in the UK that was quite exciting. Uh, and I I got involved in that business that owned Formula Formula One racing and World Cup soccer and helped them essentially create a digital business uh, mm-hmm. with their with their various rights that they owned and. Uh, and so I went off and creating all kinds of companies and financing those for them. And then my uh, then uh, I was I, had a, I was a newlywed, so I had to come back to Canada to see my wife and and um, and start a family. And so we started the office in Toronto here, and uh, we had this sort of triangle: the Toronto, Milan, London. That was our business, and that went on for years and years. And actually, it still exists today. And so my business is now twenty three years old, and um, I have been involved in over 110 client uh, mandates where I've been involved and in, been engaged to help companies finance themselves, help them package what they have, help them address uh, expansion opportunities. And that's always done with a team that's led by me uh, and others in my team. And we have these sort of mini uh, kind of groups that we create a, a sustainable business model and then we, you know, we basically spearhead whatever is required, whether that's sales and marketing, whether it's finance, whether it's corporate development, whether it's technology development. But it is always acting as, a, as an entrepreneur. Um, I don't say for hire, but I think regularly uh, my company has been referred to as Black Ops Game Changers. And the concept is that we get sort of parachuted in to, to fix or to create a, a, you know, a sort of a roadmap or to basically execute. And so I've been interim everything, CF, CEO and head of corp dev and director and executive chairman. And whether it's in the film studios industry, which I've been involved in formulating and building uh, several major studio complexes around the world, whether that's in Italy, in the UK, here in Toronto, in uh, States, in Taiwan, in mainland China, um, I've been involved heavily in the uh, film studio uh, industry. Um, so, so Ron, just just I'm listening to you about all these relationships. You you know you are an entrepreneur, and uh, and you've also been in the p- position. You're an entrepreneur, and as I said earlier, to ourselves, you you're coming into that awesomepreneur thing. So you've. You've been at it for 23 years. You, you've really built yourself a global operation fun, fun, fundamentally. And you've met some, you know, fairly significant entrepreneurs. Yes, a lot of them in the media business, but that, that's fine. Do you think entrepreneurs are kind of wired different, differently? Are they unique compared to others? I'm, I'm curious because you had that. You, 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 you know, across the continents, you, you've had the opportunity to, to, to meet people that have created things and often brought you in as a, as a guide on them as well. I do. I think that uh, we are wired a bit differently than, than, than many people out there. And, and I also think, and it's not just simply a matter of there are sort of hunters and there are farmers, you know, where there are people who go off and, and sort of, you know, generate um, and sort of go on the front lines and, and close business as opposed to those who basically mind and build uh, mm-hmm. and support. I think this is something different. I think entrepreneurship is one where 
it's a lot of thinking laterally. It's a lot of survival and innovating, adapting constantly, whiteboarding and re-whiteboarding and re-whiteboarding, looking over your shoulder, optionality. It's constantly having to find a, a way to differentiate so that you're always relevant and you're always on the cutting edge. That's a concept in entrepreneurship and doing everything that it takes to get there and to be successful and to move the needle. Mm-hmm. And so that is, I think, the if there's anything that, that, that I and my company, but that I represent to, uh, to customers or clients or companies in, the, in our industry is that I, I will do what is required to cause them to be successful. Uh, obviously, always respecting ethical standards and compliance and, and scruples and everything else and doing the fact that our industry is very small and it's uh, you always do the right thing. And so ethics is such an important part of it. And that's for people. And so motivating people is a, because by yourself, you can't do all that much without being able to leverage, you know, uh, skill sets and whether those financial skill sets or marketing or legal or, or operational or technology, whatever. Um, so, you know, I think you do being an entrepreneur, I think courage is a, is a significant attribute. Um, mm-hmm. it's easy to say it's hard to do. Um, it's terrifying. I think regularly I'm, I'm, I think I'm a person who's motivated through, through fear, fear of failure, <laughs> you know, fear of not, of not living up to your potential fear of, of being, you know, mundane and, and, and not accomplishing things so you know i'm a i am a driven person i i don't know how that happened but i i have been pretty much my whole life so it's i'm very very driven and i i it's a disease i think that entrepreneurs suffer from and it's so on the one hand it's all very wonderful on the other hand it is a it is absolutely uh you know it's a it's a something that needs a remedy (laughs) and the remedy is the expression of, of how you get from A to B with a with an idea, with a company, with a concept, whatever. Well, I mean, we have a lot of entrepreneurs emerging, emerging of uh, you know, owners of emerging companies, be, be it media, technology, all kinds of sectors. And you know, if, if they're being successful, inevitably they come to that financing, you know, side of things, which you've been into. You know, can you give us a kind of, you know, guide on, you know, what are the key elements that you think are needed to attract and win the confidence of investors? Because, I mean, let's not talk about money. Unless you've got confidence, you don't got money kind of kind of thing. I think investors, uh, well, you, there's the interest. It's, it's different between investors versus lenders. And sometimes they're one and the same, but I think the they share that common, uh, not just interest, but requirement that they can uh, not just uh, re- get a return on their investment and, and, and get their principal back, but also that it will be a, a healthy return and, and whatever they're getting involved in has some scalability mm-hmm. so they can create a, a very positive uh, ROI. And I think that is something that, that investors uh, seek. All of the uh, companies that we look at are at various stages of uh, sort of financial independence mm-hmm. and um, and having 
either demonstrated that they have the ability to to be cash flow break even and profitable or not. Mm -hmm. And and so I think if you are an investor, you know, you will tend to look at a at a business both in terms of what is how how successful could this be? What is it, what's the you know, what are we talking about here? Is this going to be a, you know, as, as they say in the industry, is this going to be a, an eight bagger or a 10 bagger? How, how, how scalable is this, is this idea? Is this business, is this an opportunity? Mm-hmm. How much, and then, and then you say, if you intuitively look at the company and the company's in the, I don't know, it's a blockchain company or it's a, it's a film business or it's a, whatever the business doesn't really matter. Um, you know, can it get there? Do you in, instinctively feel that this is something that's going to make it, that's going to have this kind of ability to be super profitable. So that, first of all, kind of gets you in the tent and gets you looking at it. And then, you know, my job is always to say, okay, well, how? How is that possible? So it's really the engineering of, you know, what is, where are you today? How do you get to where you need to be to show that kind of, of scalability? And almost engineering backward to where you are today in terms of how do you get to cash flow break even and beyond. And so I think I tend to look at businesses almost like a senior lender in the sense that we, you we're very conservative um, in terms of cash flows and in terms of understanding, you know, every deal that we look at, we, we kind of treat as though it's, you know, you're looking for a car loan. So the idea is, you know, it's all very uh, routine stuff, you know, what mm-hmm. kind of collateral have you got? What, a, you know, what's, how's the business scaling? You know, what are your, what's your uptake rate? What are your assumptions on pricing and on uptake? And so essentially it's always about trying to finance the deficit. If you like the Delta between, you know, what's happening with your cost side and, and where your revenues are and until you get to a point where your cash flow break even and beyond. And that's, you know, that is ideally for the companies that we get behind. Um, that is the, that's the challenge. Um, after that, once their cash flow break even, it becomes, uh, it's a, it is a different kind of a, of a structuring of the offering. But I tend to find that, you know, we, we really focus on, putting the steps in place to cause these companies to reflect their, their financials in a way that we can show and de-risk getting to cash flow break-even and beyond. Um, what's like the best piece of advice you've ever received? You know, the one you carry around in, in, in your back pocket that you, you know, that you, that you, you keep going back to kind of thing. I've had many. Um, I think one one of the ones is 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 that uh, you have to have faith, and you have to believe in yourself, and you know it's important for you to maintain that leadership and faith. You know, irrespective of what kind of obstacles you encounter along the way, because those are the people that tend to be the ones who, who are that very few that are very successful. I had a guy the other day, I talked to him on the phone, an Italian guy, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not going to finance his company uh, because he has a different view on things. But uh, I really, I, I knew 
he was a superb entrepreneur and that he will make it. Just by the way, the kind of fearlessness, the kind of not self-confidence, just the kind of focus and uh, the ability to kind of believe in himself because everybody around him essentially will say no and will say, you know, here are all the reasons why this is not going to succeed. But I could tell he was that guy. And I love when I see guys like that because that's the way I am, right? So you tend to have a lot of empathy for people who are like you in that way. Uh, For a bunch of other reasons, I won't be involved with him in the the short term, but he's exactly the kind of guy. When I saw it, I was like, that was me 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And and I just love his kind of, he's fearless and he's focused and he's, everybody's trying to throw, you know, little obstacles in his way. And I know he's going to go over them. I know he's just going to stay focused and get them. You've got a couple of new things going on. I mean, what what are you you know most excited about in your business these days? Well, I'll tell you. I've, I mean, I've obviously in the, the Cameron Thompson business goes on, and I've, I've got a lot of help these days because I need it. Um, and that's and we've got lots of cool stuff going on as always. Uh, yeah. So many different parts of our of the film and television and media industry. Uh, so we've got a bunch of active things that are happening. But I think the probably the most exciting thing at the moment is Liquid Media Group, um, which I got asked to join about a, just over a year ago uh, as CEO and have been involved in taking this public company that trades on NASDAQ and its symbols YVR and has been around for a little while and helping, if you like, recalibrate the business into uh, into something which is is very exciting and has a massive value proposition for the independent production industry for film and television, which is being underserved right now. It's just, there's a massive demand for, if you like a competent business solution or partner to Mm -hmm. help support independent content creators, be it for film or television. Mm -hmm. And it's such a, it's something that I saw at Cameron Thompson for the last 10 years or 12 Mm -hmm. years Mm-hmm. And it's been, I've constantly been involved in helping on a kind of an ad hoc or a project by project basis, whether it's financing a TV series or series or financing films. I've done so many, mm-hmm. uh, some quite big films, some quite ex- successful films, actually, mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. thank goodness, we were integral to getting them done. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, what was broken is just a lot broken. And what I saw was an opportunity to fix it with a scalable solution that was is structured where we could utilize this public company as a perfect vehicle to, to, to service this need, to finance that, uh, that if, if you like, that, that equation and provide an elegant solution, which is scalable internationally. And we're in the process of doing it now. We've uh, announced four acquisitions, three of which we've closed. And so now we're a real business. We've got, you know, revenues and we've got, people and technology and we have an entire solution which now is becoming a real something and you know we've it it takes some some convincing people around the table it takes demonstrating that actually your big idea uh is sensible and it's a bit confusing at the beginning because it's not kind of it's not one size fits all, and it's not just one thing that we're doing. We're doing something which is quite sophisticated and needed, um, and we're doing it in a way which uh, I think we can we can build an enormous business. So I'm very very excited about that. I'm spending 
all my time on it, or ostensibly all my time on it. As I said, thank God I've got some good help with Cameron Thompson because I need it now. Okay. You know, if you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? You, you use the word driven, but I think a little deeper than that, maybe, you know. Uh, uh, I'm a catalyst, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I get stuff done. Um, you know, I, I I think I've heard myself described as a, uh, you know, as a hunter, as a person who goes off and, and, and accomplishes stuff. <clears throat> I've never really re- referred to as a quote-unquote manager, although it is one of the things that I've I have also been told that I'm pretty good at. So I, because I had, I have had to manage. I do manage a lot of people. I have, I have my own particular style to it, which I found has been incredibly effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but manager would not be one of those things. Although a lot of people say that, that about me, that I'm a pretty good manager. Uh, I don't think so. I, I think I'm just, I'm effective. Maybe it's, it's that I'm so busy building, but I am a builder. I build stuff. That's what I do. Let's go on to some less serious questions. What books are you actually? They're pretty serious for me, is anyway. What books are you reading now or, or listening to, whichever? And and what would you recommend someone pick up, read, and you know? The uh, the autobiography of Mel Brooks. It is absolutely. I'm going to read that. I'm going to get it this weekend. I cannot say enough good things about it. The guy is just, I mean, look, I work pretty hard. I, I work all the time. So I don't have an enormous amount of time to read these days. But when I do, that's what I'm reading at the moment. I read the um, Elon Musk autobiography. That was, that was uh, interesting. as it was a little, um, it was a little hard going, frankly, but. Uh, he's there's a guy who's tormented. He's tormented. That's the word I think I was looking for. I think that's a good. I think that's a good word. I never thought about yeah. calling him that. That's yeah. it. has <laughs> been called worse than that. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tormented in a good way. In a good way. I love building stuff and doing stuff and 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 you know moving the needle and causing people to be successful. That's that's definitely what I love to do. But um, definitely tormented. <laughs> Another fun thing: Are you a morning or a night person? You know, I used to be a, a night person, and now I'm a morning person. And because I, I have I have uh, uh, kids in their teens, and someone's got to get up early and get you know get their asses out of bed and everything. So I've become a morning person. I I, I really like it now. I, I didn't used to, but uh, at night I'm not. I used to be a night owl. I stayed up to two, three in the morning every night. Now I just there's no way. I just I got too much to do during the days. So I can't do it anymore. And this is a tough one to. You know, t- with no prep, but you you've got years of prep. Okay. You know, I I have four steps to to reach it, go going on a project, stop, think, focus, execute. Okay. I'm going to give you three steps. Is if, if there if there are three steps that you take, on, you know, when you're building, what would there are more than three. But what would be the key steps, the three steps that you that you think? It goes through. It goes two different ways. One is with everything, you kind of have to set your expectations first. And so for me, that's always I, I, I say a thing that everyone knows. I say all the time, and it's crawl, walk, run. Mm-hmm. So first of all, is the approach. What we're let's set the 
kind of expected course here. Crawl, walk, run. We're going to go slow. We're going to then we're going to walk and then we're going to do something. And I think for me, that 50,000 foot view of whatever I do, getting the big picture of wherever I'm going into situational analysis is critical. It takes a, it takes a beat or two to get there, to understand what are all the variables that you have there? What are the building blocks? What are the pieces? What's missing? And then it's saying, looking at it sideways and saying, what could, the, you know, first of all, what is the addressable opportunity here? And, you know, how could I change things around to really be a powerful thing? And, and so then it becomes roadmap and a sensible way, crawl, walk, run again. Mm-hmm. And then it's building out an execution and you reckon it step by step. And uh, all along the way, you've on the one hand, you have operational. On the other hand, you have constant, I don't want to say sales, but it's persuasion, it's education, it's evangelism, it's marketing, and it's everything else. And one supports the other. And so that is definitely the way that I, if I was to put into three phases on the kind of execution phase, that would be definitely um, formulate the big idea, create a roadmap, execute, um, and and always do it in a, in a a sensible fashion, which is crawl, walk, run. You're, you're never going to be able to to hit the ground running out of the gates with, unless you've done your homework, unless you've put a plan in place until you've built an infrastructure or at least you start building an infrastructure to execute and and then you stay on top of it and you follow it through and you methodically step, you know, step by step, you, sh- you know, you chaperone that process through to completion. Uh, and completion can take years. I mean, you know, some of these companies I'm involved in, I've had I think about D'Agostini in, in Italy, we were a five or six year execution. Telenor was an eight year uh, contract, revolving contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, ITV in England, I mean, my God, for years we worked for those, those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so many clients, so many incredibly interesting people. Um, but they tend to look to me to have a very structured approach. Um, not out of the gates, but once I've done my kind of, I figured out kind of, what's the big picture that I'm able to structure something where at least I now understand what we've got to work with and to create some directions and always some, some flexibility. So that you have to change course or you have to abandon something and move into another direction. You've mm-hmm. got that plan B, uh, you know, in your hip pocket. So in business, this is a business one. What's your favorite word and what's your least favorite word? Why? Can, can is my favorite word. Can, can do. Yeah. What's your least favorite word? I guess can would be the least one. Not. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty obvious. <laughs> it's, it's. There, there's no other word. Those are the, those are the words. That's really good. You know, we could talk all day, but unfortunately, we're we're, we're reaching that time that I said we would, and it's just flown by um someone listening to this how do they get a hold of, of you ron um without being intrusive but how, how how can they get to you probably the best place at the moment is uh through liquid media where i i sit every day all day long and i'm uh, spending an enormous amount of time uh 
through either my is it R Thompson at liquidmediagroup.co mm-hmm. uh, or just ring, ring me up on the phone and and uh, but I'm on the website go to liquidmediagroup.co is all my details are there so, yeah, I'm, I'm easily uh, contactable and uh, I tend to get back to people pretty quickly Ron thanks so much it was it was really great seeing you again and, and great having you on the show and some some really some good some good words in there Thank you, Phil. Listen, I really appreciate you having me on and great to see you again. And any questions uh, that you have or, or any, any of your, your listeners or, and, and audience, I'd be happy to, to, okay. to talk. Thank you. See you soon. See you soon. Thank you. Cheers.